0: I start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm in him. It's
1: him. You can look at the boys when he's dead. I'm um, in, um, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh,
2: you when know, they lose their front shores, and, yeah, he start. yeah, that's how you know. Went about five, ten more
1: yards. He probably went 20 yards. He mm-hmm. a little tip, then we are trying to get back up. I saw him call him. We rushed forward. That night, we got like front like that, and then the next day, we came up 153 even. You're listening to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the
3: outdoors.
0: Tom, put your beer down. Thank you. Episode 114, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Nick and Tom sitting here. What's going on? Thanks for having me on the show. So yeah, you're not the guest. It's anytime, here. Tom. We will have you any day you want to show up, buddy. Perfect. We appreciate you. Uh, we're gonna we we have a guest today. Uh, it's Emma Brendlinger. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna be talking taxidermy today. She's big time taxidermist. Uh, I've had some work done by her. I'm currently work. having work done yeah. by her. I can't say that I've. Speaking her of which, yet. that's because you don't feel any Like <laughs> so
2: I was thinking, you... maybe I
1: pick my Fisher up next week yeah
3: wouldn't you want your deer back first no no
1: fish okay. is way cooler <laughs> way to put her on the spot tom yeah uh but yeah i have not gotten any work to her yet but like i, I said
0: you did, don't kill anything um, so i killed a doe this year you didn't take it to her why not i
1: said when i get a good doe i want a uh, big doe this i right. mean it was okay it was like it was a decent doe. like 105 maybe wasn't a
0: pope and young doe no hmm. but interesting well i guess we'll <laughs> we'll dive right into it i'm mean, uh yeah. Let's just start with where can everybody find you, like on Facebook, Instagram. Where's your social media? at? Where can people find you?
3: Yeah, so um, I am on Facebook. You can find me at Brunlinger Taxidermy, and then I also have um, created an Etsy as of recent. Um, you can find it. It's Bees Wildlife Artistry. That's going to be more of my wildlife artistry things, like skulls, um, bone paintings, things like that. Oh,
1: you get you got into some like um, like burning or carving as well didn't you and
3: yeah i've done a little bit of both more so with the burning um i need to get some better tools when it comes for that so i've leaned it does look really good though. yeah i've leaned into painting a little more so okay yeah i'd like to build that up right on. that was
1: a neat thing that like you don't really see you know like once in a while you'll see somebody that does like or I, a lot of people do euro mounts but yeah. then like you're able to spice them Doctor up and really up make more. them something special i see you did some like landscapes on some jaw bones In the past it looked really good
3: yeah i like doing that um i'm working on a steer head right now and i'm i'm painting a a steer on the head as well so that's that's pretty cool
1: is it from somewhere like local here that for like a farm or
3: no um, my uncle's a butcher so i got a couple skulls from him and i've just been tinkering have you on my own
1: so you've gotten into like cleaning out those steer heads
3: yeah yeah they're (laughs) gross yeah i
0: we had one done a couple years ago and we asked like Six people, and they're like, No, nah, we don't do cow heads, yeah. like, that's way oh, they too smell much work. So,
2: bad. <laughs> huh. so how, how do you have to like boil it to clean it? Like, I don't know, do you, do you, is there a pot that big to clean it in?
3: <laughs> they do make big pots. Uh, I've been doing maceration, I got them when it was in the summertime, so that's where you just let it sit in that water, and bacteria forms and kind of eats away at the flesh. <laughs> and it smells really bad, you got to change the water pretty frequently. And then it takes a while, but then you're not boiling, so there's no real damage to the bone itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've never heard of that process. but
2: So you it's can eight. only do that in the summertime?
3: You can do it in the winter. Uh, you would just need uh, like fish tank heaters. I use those when I'm degreasing skulls and stuff like that. But for maceration, again, it smells really bad, so it would have to be done not Don't in do my it basement. In your basement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no.
1: Hmm. So, what, uh, I guess, walk of life or like how did you get involved into doing all of this different taxidermy and art sculptures i guess with really anything outdoors yeah like how did you get involved in all this um or where did it start the interest maybe
3: i guess it's it's been there since well forever i I come from a family of hunters and trappers especially on my Mm -hmm. mom's side you know they've been trapping for generations so i guess it's no real surprise that i ended up getting into it um what really piqued my interest was, uh, when I first started turkey hunting, I'd go out with my dad and stuff and seeing, you know, getting a bird, hearing them, everything like that. It gets your... Fires uh, you Oh yeah. 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 And after, after that, I was like, oh, I kind of want to start trapping. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that and trapping's probably what opened up the doors to really loving being outside.
1: What, um, what did you start trapping? I guess early on.
3: Early on, um... I started with my dad, and we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. I mean, we were so going to
0: learn together. He pretty
3: much. Yeah, he trapped a little really bit cool. when he was younger, but it had been years. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of relearning everything. We, we would take peanut butter and rub it on the barks, <laughs> uh, trees and stuff. And we were catching ra- raccoons and possums. And
0: I feel like that's where everybody starts with yeah. trapping is just simple. Just, you, everyone can catch a raccoon with yep. literally anything. So it's start there and Tom, build up. Tom, <laughs> Tom and I use, uh, and we
1: still do, dog food. And what are you doing? <laughs> and, and just and blowing the doors <laughs> in on the wow, trade secrets. It's a top <laughs> secret. Yeah. Well, they don't know what brand of dog food or the Kool-Aid mix, so. I could smack raid. you right now. <laughs> They'll figure it out.
3: Hot cocoa. That's Hot
1: the way to go. Looks, trade secrets just getting leaked everywhere tonight.
0: Hopefully there's lots of listeners for this one.
1: There will be. <laughs>
3: um. But yeah, uh, we <laughs> we started with raccoons and stuff. And uh, I really started wanting to get into water trap and more of muskrats and beavers. And, and still, that's probably my favorite. Uh, I like the marshy. Hmm. swamp gas you know Mm -hmm. yeah nothing better yeah but yeah trapping I I, one of my favorites was learning how to like identify different animals based off of tracks in the snow and the mud I like that a lot and learning the different type of habits that the animals have being able to figure out where an animal is where it's going to go get it to exactly where you want it to be and to step in your trap I think that's so much cooler than any hunt Mm-hmm. anything else it's, it's a wild concept there.
1: to think that like an animal that can go anywhere in the woods and you're trying to get them to either swim or step on like a tiny little circle yeah and uh, it's it's been just, i'm always amazed by it anytime we catch something mm-hmm. but I and
0: trappers definitely like you said just learning tracks and different things people that are really into trapping definitely are on another level of woodsmanship I think, than most other hunters because they are always paying attention to every track they see. Anytime, like walking in the woods with my dad, if there is a depression in the snow, he is inspecting it to see if he can catch a critter on that spot. No matter where we are, what's going on, what we're doing in the woods, he's in tune with every little thing.
3: Yeah, we do the same thing. My dad, even, you know, scat too is is a Mm -hmm. huge thing. He, He sees that. He's like, what is that? What animal is that? Mm -hmm. He'll go, you know, get a stick and start Mm -hmm. digging around. Yeah, it's great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, while we're talking, like, marshes and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure you've got the best beaver, like, weight-wise of any of us trapping. I know, I think was it last year, the year before you caught?
3: I think it would have been two years ago. It was 58 is what our highest was so far. I think it
1: looked ginormous on the table I mean, we stopped <laughs> yeah. over like shortly after and it it's we caught tom and i got one that was like 52 and a half or something 53 i somewhere. caught one
2: two years ago 56 is 56
1: my but yeah it, it's and that's a monster yeah they are yeah They're i just i don't know i growing up i always thought beavers were like the size of raccoons i don't know what like i just <laughs> for whatever reason that's just what i thought and then started trapping them and seeing other people trap them like well, these things get huge yeah mm-hmm. and
2: you drag a 50 pound beaver out of the woods <laughs> try, it's like trying to drag a deer out. It's almost
1: worse because there's nothing to grab a hold of on a beaver. Yeah, Yeah. and you're
2: typically going through a swamp. Yeah. (laughs) It's not easy carrying them. (laughs) No.
1: Uh, So do you do more like deer hunting and turkey still, or have you kind of transferred into just trapping?
3: Um, I'm not much of a deer hunter. I I go out a couple times a year, but it's never enough to where I have much of a chance of getting anything. I turkey hunt every year. Uh, As far as hunting goes, that's definitely my favorite. I, I make plenty of time to get out for that mm. uh, but trappings by far where I spend most of my time
0: that's probably for the best honestly being a taxidermist yeah. that you're not super into <laughs> deer season when thousand of people are calling you oh yep. I need a deer done I need a deer done it's like okay well I, I got some spare time it's <laughs> not like you're a January. diehard hard deer hunter like no I'm not touching that deer until January yep so that's well, probably especially a thing.
3: <laughs> when you mount them y- you start to lose a little bit of interest in hunting them yourself because you see these big massive deer and then to go out yourself and see this you know tiny little eight point you're like yeah whatever (laughs) I've seen better I I never
1: really thought of it like that but you see the best of the best right I mean Mm -hmm. most people like when they're getting it mounted it's because it's something exceptional so you're I mean and I've seen a lot of the pictures you post it's like always big deer I'm like geez like I never thought of how it like could affect your outlook on whitetails just if you're Uh, almost desensitized to like big deer it's hard to be impressed by something smaller which unfortunately like in pennsylvania there is a lot of you know the smaller deer
3: if you will Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm sure if i saw it in person i'd still get very excited and still definitely want to shoot one but i get excited over a doe yeah (laughs) just seeing something just hearing something you know i was always taught you know it's a good hunt if you hear something it's a great hunt if you see something you don't need to get it just being out there is what's important so sure
1: so with all of this like hunting and trapping, um, at what point did you start thinking about like advancing to like taxidermy?
3: Um. That didn't really come until after high school. Like being a kid and stuff, I remember like my mom would take us. Nice Frank, my mom would take us to the college and stuff. And in one of the biology buildings, they have a little bit of a taxidermy box. So they have some ducks and birds and reptiles i remember seeing those and being like wow that is just so cool and they're mm-hmm. not the greatest they're old <laughs> but old taxidermy it at edinburgh
2: yeah like in cooper building yeah, oh, yeah. yeah 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 you've seen it oh yeah great, great taxidermy yeah, great. In
3: there. <laughs> i'm sure it was good for the time it's just oh, yeah. it needs a good dusting mm-hmm. but stuff like that and my grandfather had a bobcat mounted uh, I guess it was years ago now, but I remember seeing that and being like, that is just, that's so cool, you know, to take it in that moment, bring it back to life, and Mm -hmm. it's cool, so that's where I first started getting interested, but then after high school, I was like, I don't know what I want to (laughs) do, college wasn't it, I started looking like, oh, maybe game commission, that didn't really click for me, Mm -hmm. park ranger wasn't really doing it for me, so I was like, what, what do you have to do to be a taxidermist, Mm -hmm. and then I started looking. So,
0: yeah, anything to keep you involved somewhat in the outdoors, basically, that's obviously that's your passion of everything you were looking at with game commission, park range or all that stuff. I knew you, I wanted to
3: be outside. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. So how did you get started into it? So once you decided that you wanted to be a taxidermist, like what was the next step for you?
3: Um So I started with an apprenticeship. uh I apprenticed under Mike Testa. He was with Testa's Whitetails. He's no longer practicing. It ended up being uh, nice timing because he wanted to get out and I kind of wanted to get in. So he took me under his wing and showed me a bunch of stuff. Nice I easy
0: transition. to like yeah. he's bringing his competition in. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, which I was a little nervous about taking, you know, getting an apprenticeship. I didn't think anyone would want to do it for that exact reason, but mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to, to find him and he's been great. He's taught me so much.
1: How, how do you even like get into something like that? Like to
3: find an apprentice yeah
1: because like you said it's almost like competition if you will like did you know him early like from prior i didn't
3: know him i actually i broke my leg went to physical therapy my physical therapist set me up with a guy who set me up with him so it just i got really lucky
1: good thing you broke your leg yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) everything happens for a reason i guess yeah um So how long did you apprentice with Testa?
3: I apprenticed with him for two years. So I learned a lot of the basics. I watched for a lot of it. And it was just a couple times a week that I would go over there. Um, Is
0: there like a specific amount of time? Because I know you have to get like certified and stuff. Uh, Is there a specific amount of time that you have to be an apprentice to like get certified as a taxidermist or anything like that? Or you can just kind of do whatever you want?
3: I know in Pennsylvania, it used to be that you had to have at least a two-year apprenticeship or have gone to a school. I don't believe that that's true anymore. I'm pretty sure that you can just, you know, pay your fee and become a taxidermist if that's what you want to do. I didn't want to go that route. I kind of wanted yeah. to know what I was doing. Yeah, if
0: you want to do it for a living, you right. better know
3: what yeah. you're doing. I didn't want to just do it for myself. I wanted to do it for other people. So mm-hmm. I knew. Yeah, you Schooling at went least. about it the right way. Mm-hmm.
1: So you did the two-year apprenticeship and then school? And then I went to school, yeah,
3: because I wasn't entirely sure if taxidermy was what I wanted to do. I knew I was interested, so why go to school without having any idea if Mm -hmm. this is what I wanted to do? And Mm -hmm. that's where the apprenticeship definitely helped. Is that how
0: most people do? Do most people do apprentice-then-school or school-then-apprentice?
3: Everybody that I attended school with, hadn't done an apprenticeship they just went directly to school so and you were, were
0: already like way ahead of everybody else
3: i wouldn't i wouldn't say way ahead i mean <laughs> the people that i went to school with were they were very good we had uh one kid from uh italy in oh my, really yeah in my class actually yeah mm. and Came he was all the way over from italy yeah for te- wow and he was really good at birds really mm. good
0: that's interesting
3: but yeah i had a little bit of i guess foreknowledge mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Knew all terms. the basic stuff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. He, Mike, made it very clear, um, not that he was like, don't do taxidermy, but that there, there's a lot to it, and to be ready to take on everything that comes with it. You know, what they don't tell you when you go to school is, and I don't know the exact number, but it's like 80, 90 percent of people that go don't end up being a full time taxidermist when they're done with school, even if that's I what they thought. I could believe that, yeah. yeah, because you go. And it's expensive. It's a very expensive school and it's not very long. You come back with all this knowledge and all this stuff and you're like, "Okay, let's go. Well,
0: how do I apply this now? Now
3: I need a place to work. Oh, well, I have my basement, so I'm lucky. But now I need equipment. I need forms. I need lights. I need tools. There's so much stuff. Mm. And then well, I'm not going to be able to get going until next year. And now it's just like, you know, summer break. Do you remember everything from the previous school year? And, yeah, you know, not really.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure even finding clients too, because I know at least for like us, word of mouth is huge when it mm-hmm. comes to taxidermy. And we, for the longest time, we were three generations going to the same taxidermist. Yeah, you there's know, there
2: definitely was, loyalty that's, in yeah. the taxidermist so, business.
1: I'm sure that that's got to be a big obstacle for any new taxidermist that like getting that clientele, which I'm sure helped with like starting with a taxidermist that was kind of on his way out, helped you a little bit to get clients built up a little bit.
3: Yeah, he sent uh, pretty much everyone who's come and asked him to do a deer. He's sent my way, not necessarily that they've all come to me, but he's Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is who you should go to. She taught under me. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad has been a big help when it comes to that, because everything I've done has been word to mouth. So yeah. I took a bunch of business cards I gave them to my dad, and he spread them around work, and I'd say probably like 90% of my business are, you know, the GE Wabtec us. <laughs> well, well I know I've taken stuff to you. Oh so. yeah. Well, you're that 10%. I'm part of the 10%. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, t- t- Tom and Frank. But maybe soon enough, Nick will be in that pool too. Probably not. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, turkey hopefully. season's coming. Yeah, I'm not afraid to shoot a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: turkey season is right around the it corner, actually so.
1: um brings me to like my next point is like when you were in school do you kind of specialize or start to figure out what you're most interested in mounting
3: um when i went to school i did the it was an eight-week course so i attended i should probably say where i went i went to western <laughs> pennsylvania school of taxidermy that's in punxsutawney um the teacher was mark jordan and his helper was sean can't think of his last name. Sorry, Sean. He was very nice. Um, I still talk to them if I have any questions. They're very helpful when it comes to that. There, I learned deer, fish, birds, and mammals. So when I was there, I got to, you know, kind of see a little bit of everything, what I liked best. Um, mm-hmm. I liked mammals the best, okay. but everything has its challenges. So
1: Yeah. what What is it about um, the mammals that you enjoy?
3: They're just so pretty. Gotcha. If I'm being honest, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a girly answer, but
0: they're <laughs> it's
3: beautiful true. animals, and you can really get a lot of... Wait,
0: and there's a lot of like, you know, with small mammals and, you know, like cats and stuff, there's a lot of character in their faces yeah. and in their body language. It's not like a whitetail, and there is still character in a whitetail, obviously, but there's so much more in a, like a bobcat or a coyote.
3: I agree, especially because you're, most of the time you're working for the full... Full body With mm-hmm. the deer and stuff, you're only going from the shoulders up. So, yeah. yeah, you can give them expression. You can move the ears. You can, you know, mm-hmm. mess with the eyes. But with an, an like a, a life-size animal, you can do so much more Yeah, to give it, like, a specific feeling. To really bring it yeah. to life. Yep. Habitat mm-hmm. goes a long way, too. That's probably another reason why I like mammals so much. When I do the deer, I don't really get to do any habitat work. Mm-hmm.
0: As
1: know, at most, it's seems just, to just be... a plaque. Right. <laughs> So you seem to be pretty interested in like the habitat end of things too, when you finish your.
3: Very walk. much so. I think you can really accent- accentuate mm-hmm. amount. You can make it so much better just based off of the habitat that you have with it. Oh,
1: I'm mm-hmm. sure.
0: And you said you do fish and stuff too. Like, do you do like water, uh, water habitat with the fish or do you just kind of like put them on a log or something? Do you get intricate with those or are you just more intricate with the small mammals?
3: Probably more intricate with the small mammals. When I do fish, I usually take a piece of driftwood and I'll mount it mm-hmm. to the driftwood. Um, with things like ducks and stuff. When I was in school, I did a standing duck and I had water in like, the, mm-hmm. you know, the fake water with the duckweed and stuff. So I can do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm, if you were going to go with a fish, I'm not sure how you would go about. Maybe yeah. you'd have to have it like on It almost have to be like
1: mm-hmm. a coffee table or something. Yeah, like mm-hmm. something
3: like that. You'd be, you know, a big piece, but yeah. you could, yeah. Mm-hmm. I will
1: say the. First thing that caught my eye when we went, when you just finished school and you did your, um, trying to think of what you would call it, um, your gallery, if you will, when you graduated. Yeah, like a little showing. um, Your, the birds were breathtaking for me. Like the, like the duck and the turkey.
0: Ducks are like my favorite mounts. I would love, I'm not like a big waterfowl hunter, but I love duck mounts. I think they're gorgeous. Like I I
1: was, I was super impressed with how well everything looked, especially with how new you were. Um, but like the turkeys and the, ducks were like better than a lot of them i've ever seen which was i was hoping you were going to say that birds were your favorite when we started this but i like just, birds
3: don't get me wrong i do yeah. uh turkeys not so much they are they're very hard to get right uh i like turkeys in the sense that you get to paint the head and you know again and you you, you paint. hand
1: paint your heads right
3: yeah i use an airbrush okay. so i guess not hand painted well, but, but i paint yeah, them myself because
1: i know they sell like you can just buy them ready to you slap can,
3: yeah on. you can buy them pre-painted
2: so do you buy like a fake head or are you freeze drying the actual head and then painting that
3: it is a freeze dried head but it is not the one that the i guess the bird comes with that
1: 50 pellets just went
3: through. <laughs> right right i buy a, one but it is a real head it's a freeze dried head that i did I, not I paint. know that yeah i didn't either huh. yeah, yeah
2: i thought it because i know I, i've heard of people like i know chuck freeze dries mm-hmm. turkey heads so i didn't know if like that was just a norm because i knew it was either a freeze dried head or a plastic. a plastic head. Mm-hmm. I didn't know
1: that you can buy a freeze-dried mm-hmm. one. So you posted one. You did a video kind of rolling around, and that it mm-hmm. was impressive. I was like, whoa, shit. Yeah, I was,
3: I was happy with that one. <laughs> so
1: maybe if I get a turkey, I can...
0: That's about the only thing you can kill is turkeys, so...
1: I'm not afraid to shoot jakes. So that's my... <laughs> I, I'll shoot Are you afraid to j- get one mounted? I'll shoot a jake, and then I'll give you a bigger beard. To <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Yeah, we can make that work. I have a couple long... I've never mounted a turkey. I just... I've always just cut the fan, cut the beard, and that's it, but I always wanted to get a turkey mount I would yeah. get one like three quarter strut goblin on the roost. that would be cool. Have you done any like gobbling turkeys?
3: The only ones that I've had come to me are full strut turkeys so far I feel
1: like that is the most popular it's the most pose. popular yeah now, what um I would just imagine like with like the skin for mammals versus birds, what kind of challenges come with working with such like a finer skin i guess That's... i wanted
0: to ask a question related to that because you and i had a conversation a while ago about my alligator head so i was wondering yeah. if there are different animals like that that are just like don't even bother with it or they're just a lot more difficult
3: um so that goes back to why birds aren't specifically my favorite their <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their skin is so thin so i have a, a flushing wheel like a bird flusher um and you just take it the quills come through and are attached like into the skin, I guess would be how you would describe mm-hmm. it. And when you take it across that flushing wheel, you have to go in between the quills, and it's very easy to tear, very easy to rip. And with that uh, flushing wheel spinning the way that it does, it's very easy to just grip the whole thing. And then there goes your bird toast, done, hmm. ruined. <laughs> so,
0: a lot of pressure on
1: birds, yeah. then. <laughs>
3: yeah. But birds are beautiful. I love ducks. Yeah. Going back to the ducks,
1: they're just, I don't know, something maybe it's because I know like I know very little about taxidermy, but like I know enough to know that birds are harder than mammals to some degree. It always seems like when you go to a taxidermist, everyone around here can do whitetail. Mm -hmm. It's when Mm -hmm. you get into smaller critters and birds is when it seems like that starts to, not everybody does them. It seems.
3: I think it's more so because deer are, that's what's most popular here so yeah. that's what everyone People shoot a couple
0: deer a year and want them mounted not everybody's shooting a bunch of coyotes right
3: or... and like going back with like my showing and stuff you were so impressed with my birds that was with the help of my instructor you gotta remember mm-hmm. then i come home then i start doing stuff by myself it's like taking a step back so because i'm going from having every a full shop right a full shop anybody i need that can and will help me to get it to where I I know it needs to be. They'll direct me to, in the direction that I need to go. To now I'm on my own. Now I'm starting over. I know mm-hmm. everything I need to know. I have it all written down, but it's putting it into practice and getting back to that level on my own.
0: Having That's all that equipment and mm-hmm. everything you need to right. produce all of that. So it's
3: easy when you have 15 deer to do and mm-hmm. and only one duck. It's very easy to be like I don't even want to do ducks because by the time I get another one. I've forgotten everything that I just retaught myself.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. What um, challenges do you find in taxidermy? Like when it comes to like wounds on animals, like kill shots on deer or birds that typically are being shot in the head. Like, I guess, how do you fix that kind of stuff?
3: Holes typically aren't that bad. I okay, I'll accentuate the cut to make it almost like a football shape, and then you can sew it right up with the hair and you can't usually tell um Hmm. i got two gray fox in this year they were both shot with a bow and the holes are probably about the size of a baseball on each one like they're just destroyed i don't know i don't know what he did using guillotine arrows yeah so that's gonna be that'll be a good example of whether or not i'm any good at actually fixing (laughs) some (laughs) decent sized holes but
0: i was gonna say it's probably more so a problem with coyotes and fox because people be out deer hunting Mm -hmm. with their deer rifle and shoot a fox and they're like oh i want this mounted and i want it to look perfect it's like well you just blew a like you (laughs) said baseball sized hole in an animal that's not much bigger than a baseball
3: Right. yeah um with deer there's a little less leeway so like with a fox or a coyote you have that thick Downy kind of fur, you yeah, know, you can hide up. a lot of stuff with deer, not so much. You know, you can, you get a bad cut and you can see that line mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the way that the hair pattern comes down the deer.
0: Yeah.
2: Now is that something that you fix pre or post tanning? Like, do you post tanning? So you tan it with the hole and then get it back and stitch it up.
3: Mm-hmm. Because usually when you get stuff back from the tannery and no shade on any tanneries some you know they come back with holes and stuff sometimes just because you know they're taking it through the shaver and Mm -hmm. nicks happen so you're gonna have to patch holes anyway and i'm not sure if you sewed up beforehand they'd either have to cut it out or it might just come off probably tear apart
1: just from it drying. i
3: would think so yeah
1: interesting we learn something every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) what would be i guess besides like wounds what would be some of the biggest challenges you face when it comes to taxidermy
3: People um, wait too long to bring me their stuff. People will shoot a coyote and they'll leave it in the bed of their truck for a week. And then they'll be like, hey, I just got this. Can you do this for me?
2: After it's half rotted.
1: (laughs) Right.
3: And especially this is one thing that people should know. Canines, especially, they go bad very quickly. Your fox, your coyotes, things like that. They go green so quick. You shoot one of them, you want to get it tanned not tanned. You want to get it skinned out as soon as possible because the the guts and stuff just start eating away at that skin.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask when you said that. When, it, when you say it goes bad, um, you're It'll like, want to slip. Okay. The, the, okay. So the hide slips.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then just for, you probably have a better definition than I do, but for people that don't know what slippage is, what exactly is that?
3: The hair will fall out. Like while So that's where, yeah. During the tanning process, slippage is when hair starts to fall out. Okay. So at that point, there's nothing that I can really do to prevent that from happening so the sooner you can get it skinned out in the freezer or to me the better Mm
0: -hmm. And we've seen that because we've done euro mounts for i don't know how many people that's why i quit doing them yeah because people are like oh i just killed this five weeks weeks ago ago," and it's just been sitting outside ever since it's 55
1: degrees yeah yeah Yeah, we've The grease just soaking
0: into it it's and And, and -and then they get it back
2: and they're like well why isn't it white? I'm like, well, because the brain grease has been <laughs> soaked into the
1: skull for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you see it way more than we ever did. But So that what you would say is just people not bringing it in a timely fashion is probably your, like your biggest yeah, challenge. Yeah, with-
3: yeah. Problems with slippage is probably one of the biggest issues. I mean, anything else, it, it can be fixed. Little things like, uh, especially, with again, with the canines, their their facial structures can be very hard. We were talking about the emotion and yeah. the detail that you can get there. It's it's nice that you can do those things, but it can be very challenging to get it yeah. right. Especially bobcats would probably be one of the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. I have one to do um, that my grandfather got. I haven't done it yet. I would like to do a competition piece for it. But, of course, everything that I want to do for myself gets put on the back burner. <laughs> uh
1: so you said you had, talked to you yesterday. You said you had like three or something. Of yeah, like I have your like own three of my pieces. own. <laughs> that exactly <I> happened. Just, <laughs> just haven't done in yet. the freezer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
3: It happens. But yeah, the facial structure can definitely be hard to get. I, I've gone in and redone things three, four times over just to get it to the way I want it. So
1: mm-hmm. when you do, I'm sure if it's a problem, like when you do encounter slippage, what is there to do? Like what can you do to hide slippage if it does happen?
3: If you get slippage on like your mammals, like your fox or your coyotes, uh, it can be pretty easy to hide. If it's like a big section, sometimes you can, you just move the hair pattern in a way to where it wants to cover it up. If you get it on a deer, it's a little more challenging. You can, there's tactics and stuff that you so, can yeah, you use. you don't have to give away all your secrets. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's little things that you can do to try to keep it from falling out as it dries because if it's wanting to slip, if you can get it to dry completely, it's not going to want to keep pulling out. Okay, so it's, so it's
1: something that can almost be stopped if it is happening. If it has if time you to, notice it.
3: Right. So if I'm doing a deer and, you know, I got my tools and stuff pulling the cape into place, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this hair is really falling out. I know to be careful and it'll take me twice as long to get everything to where I want it to be. But once it can dry and have time to dry, you know, I won't brush it or anything. Like, the hair follicles almost tighten back up and okay. hold that hair, the hair back into place. So, that's
1: what's happening is, like, the like the, I'm not um, entirely the sure almost. what
3: happens. I just know that the hair falls out. <laughs> and you know how to kind of make it stop. Kinda, yeah.
1: <laughs> we only experienced it, I think, one time um, with a beaver. And actually, it was a couple beavers. But it all... Tom's really good about cleaning them up right away. But we noticed it was two or three beaver all from the same pond that we were having issues with
2: yeah i don't know i caught them that day because we caught other beavers from
1: other properties brought them all together and it was only the beavers that were out of one pond that were having issues with slippage
3: was this after you got them tanned or was this 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 was right as you skinned them out
1: i was fleshing them
2: and like hair is just falling out everywhere Hmm. like what the heck is going on
3: i don't know if maybe that could be mange do beavers get mange the I no way idea. that I, I other don't know.
2: fish do? I, think, I think
0: mange is a canine disease.
3: But I'm, not canine? I'm, not I'm not certain. I'm not certain of that. Don't, I don't yeah, know.
2: I don't know. But I don't know. I've fleshed. I don't know how many beavers. But like
3: big chunks or like.
1: Yeah, like we scrap couldn't even scrap use the them. hide. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I mean, softball size patches just gone. Like so yeah. I said, I thought it had to be some sort of sickness because we had probably a half a dozen beavers, and I think it was two from the same pond. Both of them slipped really bad, and the other ones were totally fine.
3: Hmm. I couldn't tell you. I no, don't know. I
1: was just know. curious. Though, <laughs> I said. That was my one and only experience seeing that. So.
3: No, definitely interesting.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but that's not really like a, a taxidermist type of thing because you're yeah. dealing with them after they're already fleshed and dried or tanned already. So, now yeah.
2: Have you ever had someone bring you something, and you're just like, yeah, there's nothing I can do with that? <laughs>
3: Not yet. No, not yet. I don't I like think how you so. said not yet. Not like, yet. No, there's always time. It. <laughs> General,
2: uh, we were turkey hunting, and one, or not turkey hunting, deer hunting, and one of the guys we were with had shot a coyote with his deer rifle. Um, and not to get graphic, but basically cut it in half. Um, and he took it to the taxidermist and didn't show him the coyote yet. He said, How good are you? The taxidermist was like, Oh, I like to think I'm pretty good.
3: The guy are showed you him this
2: the, good the guy showed him the coyote and he's like i'm not that good yeah. nothing i can do there
1: uh, i'm gonna hard transition on you we've berated you enough about the challenges and everything <laughs> uh, i, I want to ask like what's some of your favorite things like to work with or maybe your favorite mount specifically you've done
3: favorite mount that i've done um Probably I did. a pack
0: frame mount for me. That's got Yeah, it. you know, I, <laughs> I know this really
3: cool guy named Frank, yeah. and I did this pack mount for him. No, I did like that one a lot. Yeah, I'd like I, to get more into it. the pack yeah. mounts. It's um, definitely
1: getting more popular. We've had, like, probably two or three people message us about the pack frame and saying that, like, I never saw anything like that. Like, now it's like, hey, I want to get that next time. And every time I told him, I said, well, Brenlinger Taxidermy does it really well, so head that way. So hopefully... Even, like, soon. the guy
0: that... We were down hunting with when i killed that deer in north carolina with uh carolina woods and water i sent him a picture of that when it was done and i said i finally got this back you know from hunting down with you guys and he said that's definitely going to be my next mount
1: because he loved it
3: i I like hearing that it always (laughs) always feels good when people like what they get
1: yeah uh one of them was uh john arquilla he messaged Mm -hmm. us and was like hey like that's a badass way to do that so Mm -hmm he's in he's in Ohio I think for some I can't remember exactly where in Ohio but it, for good taxidermy it's worth the drive so yeah, yeah. make sure if he gets one bring it this way.
3: Yep, they just uh they're real sticklers about the CWD and all that kind of yeah. stuff so just make sure you I even
0: asked you that when I was coming back from North Carolina and I said, "Do you know exactly what the CWD stipulations are for North Carolina bringing them back?" And you know, we got it all hashed out and figured out what we needed to do, but it, it's definitely been an
1: obstacle. It's mainly like yeah, they make brain it, and spine, correct?
3: Yeah, it's all brain matter. So what they want you to do is have it uh, caped out already, and then they want you to cut the rack off yourself essentially so that you don't bring any of that brain mm-hmm. matter into this state. Okay. Well, so
1: i got to ask, what's the proper way that you as a taxidermist want that to be done? Because I know cutting right through the hide can't be the way you want that.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: when, I, when I did that week-long hunt, in
2: New York, I was worried about that, um, bringing a buck back to get it mounted if I was lucky enough to get one. Um, but you can actually take it to uh, a butcher and do, like, a taxidermist cut where they'll get it ready. to bring, And it was, like, 60 bucks or something.
1: Oh, okay.
3: Just... Well, they cut the the rack off for you yeah as well. yeah they
2: get it ready to take over a state line to the taxidermist okay and they, then
3: i would definitely say that's the way to go there's two ways that people <laughs> typically have them done though it's either a, a y incision so it comes from bird to bird down and then i don't know eight or so inches down, down the, the spine okay the other way is I, I can't remember what they call it but it's the same y incision but they go all the way down the entire cape so mm-hmm. you got to sew the whole way up that's how
0: we, like, up in Alaska, that's how we do moose, is take it all the, the way up way. their back to their burrs, you know, do that Y incision mm-hmm. to the burrs.
1: How, how would
0: you prefer it being done? Just
3: the Y cut. Just, cut just the little Y down cut. Down eight it's, inches. Well, I'm sure it's just... It's less sewing, and I'm slow at sewing, so it saves <laughs> <laughs> sure, me some time. That
1: and like The longer the incision, I'm sure the more difficult it becomes to make sure it's perfect and Yeah, because you got to try really. to
3: hide that seam. But I'd rather have it... Then not at all. So yeah. if you want to do it the whole way down, yeah. then that's fine too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Either um, way is fine. So for the pack frame mount, um, what did you do for – yeah, I want to answer ask this, but then I don't think we actually got to – Yeah, we, we asked jump. a
0: question, and then we just completely – Yeah, Frank was like, I was got the pack off. frame.
1: So <laughs> what, where do you find the material to do like the actual pack frame or habitat for it?
3: The pack frame I actually used – it was an antique uh, ladder. So that's pretty cool. I got it from, I can't think of the name now. It's in Edinburgh. They do barnwood furniture. Do you know who I'm oh, talking yeah, about? Oh, yeah, I
0: it, I know. That table right there is from, uh, the guy's like name to, is Chris Brown. I can't remember he, the name yeah, of I'd the, like rapper? To, uh, yeah, it, the Rapper? Yeah, The Rapper.
2: Is it Willow Creek by any chance? I yes, believe it's, it's Willow that, Creek. I, I'd like to <laughs> give them t- the
3: proper <laughs> shout out. Sorry that I don't remember the name. But, yeah, that's where I got him. He gave them to me. He was very nice. Uh So that's where I got the ladder. And then, um, like I talked about with you, it was two pieces. So we did the head and then the rest of the body. I I cut the hide off into two. And then Mm -hmm. I used a nice big piece of foam to give that um, bottom roll some I mm -hmm. didn't realize that was two pieces.
1: You did
0: really well well hide When I first sent (laughs) her some pictures, I said that I wanted it to be in one piece. And then we talked a little bit. And you're like, it's going to be very difficult to get the look that you want. Basically impossible to get the look that I wanted with it being in one piece, and I, you can't tell.
1: It, right, you, I, it's that's the first I knew that it was. And I've looked at a lot of pictures. I've seen it in person, like inches. No idea that that was two pieces. So congratulations, I did a good on job. That. Thank
0: yeah, you. right when you walk in the door of my house, it's literally the first thing you see when you walk in the door. So.
3: Yeah, with having the tail on the outside, we have mm-hmm. to do two pieces, but I'm glad I hit it well. Yeah,
1: See, you definitely a, did. That's <laughs> a trade secret you didn't let out. Gonna <laughs> know how to do it. Oh,
3: that's all right. You can have that one. That's a freebie. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> that's on the free subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to your favorite mouse. Favorite mounts, you've done. Yeah. Favorite I won't mounts. interrupt you this time.
3: Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I did my dad's uh, Red Fox when I was at school, and that's probably one of the favorite ones that I've done. Um, See, you always throw me off when you crack the beer. I you took a, <laughs> I took an old fence post um, from behind my parents house. And I mean, that has to be over 100 years old, that fence post and I bug bombed it and everything like that. So it's nice and clean. I incorporated that into the habitat and he wanted open mouth. So we went that way and uh, we used some extra pheasant pieces, some wings and stuff like that in the mouth. I, I just think that came out really nice. Oh, and, so do you have it
0: eating a pheasant?
3: Mm-hmm. That's cool. As it's, it's walking. It's really so impressive. It's, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's one of my favorites. And then um I did a life size black bear mount as well. It was a probably like a four foot bear, so nothing like gigantic, but mm. enough to where I was like, Oh, okay, this is big. <laughs> uh, he was laying on a log and then when he got sent home the guy actually had a honey you know like a beehive and he oh, yeah. attached that onto it it was pretty cool but I that's liked awesome. doing that a lot too it was cool to do a bear
1: was that your biggest like single yeah piece that's you've the done? biggest
3: thing I've done so far
1: would you do you like doing bigger stuff like that or do you prefer like the smaller animals
3: I liked it it was definitely cool I'd like to do it again right now the biggest struggle is um, with something so big and with where I'm working out of right now I'm just in my basement so it's coming up So, you're not doing like any
1: elephants or anything? Not yet. Not
3: yet. I'd like to. (laughs) Big, like,
1: 500 pound PA black bear. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Polar bear.
0: Yeah. That's a question that I had. You were talking about like the habitat and stuff and like the pheasant in the mouth. Do people give you like a lot of creative freedom when they bring you stuff? Like, this is kind of what I'm going for. Make it look good. Or do people just say, this is specifically what I want. Do it exactly like this? Can you? Do you have that room to get creative and do those cool things with the habitat?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of wiggle room. People come in and they're like, this is, I want this pose, I want this form, and I want it on this type of habitat. So they'll mm-hmm. be like, I want it on a forest scene. So from there, I can kind of take some create liberty. Create thing. Right. I'll use, I create fake rocks and moss and this and that and to, you know, give it some oomph.
1: So I, I really do like your habitat that you added. like it's I feel like we, we had a beaver done with some habitat like before you were doing taxidermy. Mm-hmm. By
0: habitat, um, do you mean a whiskey
1: bottle? I, I that put is the whiskey- on there. <laughs> that, was, that was a homemade touch. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, that was added. But the habitat that was put on this beaver looked like, like an art project from somebody in elementary school, in my opinion. It just didn't. It didn't look like a beaver swamp at all. No, like, I don't know. It just looked there was, like, like they flowers went to, growing. and it, was like, it looked like they went to Joanne Fabrics and got, like, cheap, like, plastic flowers yeah. and, like, put it on, like, a... With a hot glue gun? Yeah, with, like, a, It was just... It was not good in any... Like, so, I don't know. We, like, I was, like, kind of afraid to do habitats because, like, I thought they all looked fake because that was the first time we've ever done habitat. And, like I said, this was... took, like, six years to get this thing back, and it was years <laughs> before you Oof. were doing... Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, we caught that beaver on the same day... Donald Trump won the election, so it was 2016. Yeah, I think, right? We
1: haven't had it that long, so it probably probably took like three, four years to get it back. Um, But anyway, I was like afraid to do any sort of habitat, and then I saw your or habitat, and I was like, oh, okay. So like habitat doesn't all (laughs) look terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it can be really good.
3: (laughs) A lot of the times with like buying the habitat, like decorations i guess mm-hmm. you know like the fake flowers and things like that you got to be careful about where you get them from you can buy them right out of the magazine but man they are so expensive it yeah. is it's crazy what they charge for some of that stuff but it's quality stuff mm-hmm. so you, you know you kind of got to pick and choose where well, you
1: where you spend your money yeah Just that's another thing i wanted to ask too like when it taxidermy is expensive mm-hmm. anybody that does it knows like or anybody that well one that does it professionally or that takes animals there knows that it's expensive is that how often do you run into like that being a problem like because you have to charge we have to charge you know like you have to make money and it's an art form like how often do you run into like where money's a limit to not allow you to do things that you I've think had, should I've be had done?
3: people not come to me because they think i charge too much yeah and that's completely fine but uh I keep myself at a, a price where I think it's reasonable to where my skill level is at, but
1: mm-hmm.
3: I still—it's still my job. Yeah, you so, got to make money off
1: of it. You're and, not hurting for work either. <laughs>
3: no, I mean I, I'm—I've got just enough to keep me going for now. You know, I could definitely use some more, so feel free to come my way. But, but <laughs> not turning but anyone away. No, <laughs> no. But yeah, I—I I try not to overprice myself, but I can't undercut myself either. And yeah. When mm-hmm. I first started out, I. That was hard. And it's still hard. It's hard to justify your worth. Mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. you can see some people still charge three fifty for a deer mount.
0: I was gonna say there I are some how. people that just do garbage work that are right. Bare bones cheap and a lot of people I, I feel like it's a lot of like the older generation, their mindset is still thirty years ago, forty years ago when taxidermy was cheap and you know they right. can get a deer <laughs> mount for 200 bucks
3: right and, and now like, well,
0: how come you're charging this much i used to get deer <laughs> mounted for 200 well yeah
1: well times have changed right. and <laughs> and that's how so much fun. the mount or like the form probably costs <laughs> pretty
3: anymore. much yeah when you get your materials and your tan and everything yeah it's it it's expensive you know <laughs> and if you know you only want to spend 300 on a deer that's completely fine you're more than welcome to but i can't <laughs> Not but that. you're
1: going to get a $300 you're, mount. Right, you have to understand I can that. offer you a Euro mount for a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: What you spend is the quality you get, is yeah. what I would say. So yeah. if you, if that's what you want to spend, that's fine. Just be aware of the quality that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um,
2: I think there was just one more thing that we wanted to cover. It's probably one
1: of the... It's, uh, in
0: my opinion, the coolest it's thing. A, a yeah, I, I guess
1: we're gonna. Yeah, that's well. <laughs> Do you have something over. else? No, that was pretty much it. Unless Emma had anything else she wanted to cover about her taxidermy.
3: Um, as far as taxidermy goes, not too much. I'm getting more into the artistry side of things, so more skull work and things like that. I'd like to start getting into sewing pelts, pillows, blankets, maybe garments. So
0: oh, if you, amazing. I would love would a, if you like, did
2: that, making yeah. stuff out of, like purses and whatnot.
3: Maybe eventually. Why would you make
2: it out of the
1: purse when you want to make something? No, making purses. He said make of, it out of I, purse. I know what
3: he meant.
1: <laughs> he wants you to make a deer out of a purse. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's see totally how good, good you really are. Yeah, uh, would actually, Because there's like nobody doing that.
3: No, not really. Um, and with, you know, pelts at an all-time low, I I see a lot of people getting their stuff tanned rather than selling at the market. Yeah, no doubt. And I yeah. I don't blame them, but that's causing the tanneries to be extremely flooded, which then in turn means that I don't get my stuff that's back.
1: Probably mm-hmm. way bigger for, lead times. Yes,
3: exactly. So that's why you're seeing not just with me but a lot of other taxidermists, I'm sure their their out time is being extended. It's not just because it's, they're backed up, it's also because they can't get their stuff back. Yeah,
0: it's not them it's the tannery that's slowing the process down eventually would you
2: ever want to work towards tanning your own hides
3: i wouldn't mind uh i'd like to uh but again it's just space i'd like to Mm -hmm. get a building a separate building built where i could have a little shop front in the front where i could do my artistry side of things and Mm -hmm. maybe some traps lures things like that and be able to work out of the back but right now it's just not in the cards Mm -hmm. so getting back to the pelts and stuff yes just keep an eye on my etsy is pretty much what i wanted to say i think the end of march beginning april here i'll have a little more uh uh, inventory of things for Mm -hmm. sale on there so are
1: you are you taking um like if say somebody shoots a doe Mm -hmm. um are you interested in getting like doe heads sent to you for that purpose to like decorate them or um I'm sure like a big part of this is you want to see a little bit like you want to see less waste with animals. Mm-hmm. Like so are you at a point where you want to start collecting jaw bones or heads from people that aren't typically going to do anything with it?
3: Right now <sighs> I'd say I'm at a place where I'm getting quite a bit with friends and family so okay. to start having other people reach out. It might be a little bit much. Feel free, feel free to reach out. Uh, just be aware, I might not be able to take everything in gotcha. just because of limited space.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Makes I'm sense. I'm sure you have to have a lot of freezer space. A lot of
3: freezer space. Yeah, <laughs> I've only got one <laughs> freezer right now, so she's filling up.
1: Oh, I bet.
0: Okay, yeah. so because yeah, I, 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 re- must... I've been
3: taxidermy adjourned.
0: Okay, you caught an otter the other, a PA otter. We I a, did. a Northwest PA otter. We just got a, a season for otters.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it how and many years have you have we this had? This is season? the second second season. year. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I yeah. knew it was very recent.
0: Yeah, and I, I just wanna <laughs> hear, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about start
1: it. Yeah, I guess start us from what got you interested in wanting to trap them, and then yeah, take you us said through. you're
0: super interested in water sets earlier, so obviously that got you going into otters when we had a season. So yeah, take us from the top.
3: From the from the top. From the okay, top. um. I guess I don't really know where to start. We we've liked water trapping forever. Mm. It's been our favorite. We found this spot. We were kind of seeing some signs and stuff and we weren't really sure if they were in there or not. And we were beaver trapping, everything like that. Didn't see nothing. Then uh, we pulled out and then otter season came in. We're like, Okay, well we'll go back down in there and we'll take a look around. Poke and, around yeah. Right. Everything was frozen over at that point. We're seeing tracks and stuff. And we're like, there's gotta be they have to be otter tracks. Mm-hmm. Looking yeah. and I'm
1: assuming I've never seen an otter track, so I'm assuming is it different, like a lot different than a beaver? Or oh. I mean,
3: sorry, go oh, ahead. About, no, go ahead. Tom's no, about no, no. to call you an idiot. I don't yeah. know.
1: I've never seen the foot of an otter, so I'm just. Oh, go ahead. No, no, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> best, I'd like no, you it's to. I'm
3: <laughs> <laughs> not a hundred percent sure because, like you know, it's only the second season yeah. for otter. Uh, I think they're. Kind of like a Fisher track, Tom. Am I am I right? Do you I always see a nothing. tail? They're not, they're like
2: not shaped beaver. the same. Like a beaver, like you ever see the back foot of a beaver? Yeah, they're like super webbed and everything.
1: I, I they're literally they're have never. They're more
3: long. They're longer. Yeah, I think.
1: I've... There's okay. an otter, There's foot, an right an otter right there. foot right there. <laughs> if I've never seen an <laughs> otter foot, I... Nick, How would we I know? sit.
0: You sit three feet from one every week for 114 weeks,
1: and I just look right
0: through the post at it, huh? Hmm.
1: That's not <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> anyway.
3: Uh, yeah, but there was one run that was open. Not, the whole creek wasn't frozen over, so we were lucky enough to get it in a you know, a channel they were running and stuff, and just fingers crossed. And Wednesday, we pulled them out, and everything out. all worked out. Yeah, so I'm glad. We had seen a couple spots where it looked like an otter toilet, and I had done some research and stuff. We were trying to figure out, you know.
1: I got to ask, what is an otter toilet?
3: Otter toilet, um, otters will go to the bathroom in the same spot over and over again. So I did not know that. Yeah. So otter scat has uh, scales and stuff in it because they eat mostly fish, which a lot of people think all oh, these cute little <laughs> cute little things. I've had a couple uh, negative nellies on the interwebs. Yeah, I'm but sure there's plenty of those. Yeah. But yeah, they're not cute. They decimate the <laughs> fish population. So just keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, there's a reason. There's a season for it. Yes, there's a
3: yeah. reason. There's a season for them.
0: I say a lot. I'm sure a lot of people around here don't know much about them because it's, it's only so our second new. year with the season. Exactly. They're just I've starting to move into this area.
3: I have never seen one alive in the wild. You know, I pulled <laughs> out of the one. trap. Yeah, I caught <laughs> one. Lucky. Very, very ecstatic about that.
1: I mean, you have to. I mean, obviously, luck plays into trapping, but you have to be in the area. Like, you have to know. You have to be
3: in an area that you know they're which at. Takes it's just knowledge. like Fisher. Just like, like Fisher.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be the best trapper in the world, but if you're setting up in the wrong spot, you're never going to catch them. And luck won't help you with that either. Yep. So, I like, think you got to give yourself a little bit of credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what were the stats on this otter?
3: Um, he was 22 pounds and he was four feet from nose to tail. So,
1: now, big, I don't. Was know that a it. big otter? I was going to say, yeah, I was going to ask. Yep. He a was a big otter. male. Yeah. Okay. Now, Typically, I, I I don't know much about otters, but like beavers, there's typically like a mating pair. And then, you know, you have like the pups. But um, what um, if you find one otter, you caught one big male, typically does that mean that there's more in the area? Or is it more like a fisher that could have a huge home range?
3: I think they're mated pairs. Don't quote me on this. I don't know a ton just, about otters, but I'm pretty sure they're mated pairs. I do know that the kits will stay with... Um, the mom and dad until the following year. Mm-hmm. And then they'll so kick out. So similar to beavers. Similar, yeah. But I'm not sure if they mate year after year.
0: Okay, yeah. I I don't know after. much about the biology of them and how much they Me mate. Me neither. So,
3: and yeah. I'm not entirely sure when they mate. I'm not sure if it's, you know, March, kind of like beavers and things like that. Or yeah. if it's now, more like the coons and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if you could get a just a male roaming through. Gotcha.
1: Mm. So. Interesting. Yeah, I was... I didn't even... <sighs> I didn't. I didn't even realize there was a season to be honest for otters. It just it's so new, and I've never. I guess even considered looking for otter sign anywhere we trapped. So when I saw it, like scrolling through Facebook, you holding an otter. I was like, damn. Like when, I, when awesome. I saw you had an otter,
0: I was about to text you like tell me, but I was like, oh, we're about to have her on the podcast,
1: so <laughs> I'll talk about it then.
3: <laughs> no,
1: so that's that's really cool.
3: Yeah, I mean we we had a feeling they were there, but.
1: Mm-hmm. So, did you
2: catch it on a blind set just moving yeah. through?
3: Yeah, he was just moving through. There was a, a creek and then more of like a, a pondish area. I'm sure there were fish and things up in there. Uh, so, we knew they were running that area and we caught him in the. How in many a ride. sets
0: did you have out? You're only allowed two, right?
3: I think it's two per person. Okay. Me and my dad were out. I think we had three sets, but all were bear, and all were in the water. So, so they were
0: all blind sets? I don't,
3: mm-hmm. Do you all know were anything blindsets.
2: about baiting? Otters, I don't even know what they'd come into.
3: <laughs> I would think fish.
1: Is there a certain type of fish that they, I mean, obviously, probably crick chubs and
0: whatever's in the water?
3: Whatever's in the water, I would yeah. think. I know. I don't know they... there's
1: preferred fish that you could kind of use to like tuna, probably. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I know that they eat muskrats too. Oh, really? <laughs> people, people don't think oh, really? that. I was You're just talking. They're those cute little furry animals. Yeah. They, ju- they eat muskrats. Wow. Yeah. They would I kill. Know, that's crazy. No way. I thought they just ate leaves,
3: <laughs> just plants.
1: Yeah. It's. I guess I didn't... I knew that they were meat eaters and stuff, but they they are... You know, like I said, there is a reason for the season. They do decimate another population of mm-hmm. animals. and You have to keep them in check.
3: It's all about balance, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we'll start seeing more of them, honestly. I'm sure... Yeah, That's...
1: Trapping is... I feel like it's almost like a dying yes. art, if oh, you will. Oh, absolutely. So even though they're opening up an otter season, I can't imagine a ton of them are going to be... Well, mm-hmm.
3: they really made it... They really made it hard, I'll tell you that. They give you <laughs> one week... In the middle of February,
1: and two traps, and
3: two <laughs> traps.
1: So, what, what's the process of getting a, uh, a license or a tag? Um, so you... you have
3: to have your fur bearers license, and Gosh. then you just purchase a river otter tags separately. So it's the same as a fisher? Same as a fisher. Okay. You just have to get it before the season. Once the season starts, you cannot get the tag.
2: Hmm. I'm, Fair. I think I'm gonna do that next year. I'm gonna try and catch. That'd you be pretty cool. I mean, just you don't you, take my you spot. know how cool. I, it is. I don't even know where your spot is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find my own. <laughs> You might happen upon Tom purely
3: on accident. Oh, hi, Tom.
1: (laughs) Yes, if you see any like little markings on a trap with Tom's name on there, just kick him over. Yeah, put a stick through it. Unset him. (laughs) Oh man, he had a miss. (laughs) It'd be hysterical. No. Yeah,
2: that's there's two things on my list that I want to catch that I haven't caught yet it's a coyote and an otter.
3: Yeah, we did good with coyotes this year.
0: You were saying you caught five?
3: Yeah, we caught five this year. Um, We caught five.
0: All in foot traps?
3: All in foot traps, yep. Me and my dad, we, I mean, we've been into it, but we never really, like, studied it. Never really, like, we were kind of going in it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we weren't really giving it our all, and this year we really went in and we were trying hard. We were doing everything. I think you guys talked about um, pipe dream sets before on one of your other... Uh, podcast we we did that, and we were starting to do drag sets this year. So we were mm-hmm. really walking fence lines and stuff and just watching for where they were running. And we would pull the hair off the fence line and then you know, we would walk that fence line every day. so we would see where they were running time and time again, and that's mm-hmm. where we would set our trap. And it almost seems like these coyotes are one or two coyotes are running that, and that's it, not all of them. Mm-hmm. So once you catch that one, it's Move your it's set. done, right? Hmm. And we didn't figure that out until you know pretty much towards Three the end. Three weeks of empty sets. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool. I'm I'm glad we did as good as we did. You know, it was definitely a good season. Yeah, we five caught. in one year. That's yeah. good. It's good for us. I mean, yeah, we, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, we, we don't I have. Can, we haven't caught any coyotes. So right,
3: it's just behind the house. We yeah. don't have like a huge area. Yeah, we, I mean, so
1: we haven't. We didn't set any traps for coyotes. No, yeah. I did
2: last. The problem I always ran into is I. Think the easiest time to do it would be in like November when you don't have the constant freeze and thaw and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. snow melt and everything like that. Because, but I, if I have an open minute in November, I'm in the woods deer hunting. So yeah. my coyote trapping was pushed off till December, January. And when it, you it, got the freeze some, thaw, something <laughs> yeah. tells
1: like I've, it's weird. Every time we went out and set traps without fail. The next like that night it snows heavy yeah we mm-hmm. get like
2: two feet I'm traps. I'm like, good thing i spent six hours setting like, traps we, we, the
1: one time we went up um up to camp and we're trapping and we spent like all day setting traps there was not a single snowflake on the ground woke up the next morning to two feet of snow and like everything was totally... forecast
2: said like one to two inches i'm like i can handle a light dusting mm-hmm.
1: We spent like a day and a half finding our traps, like to the point where I had to go to the hardware store to rent a metal detector. <laughs> like it was that bad. That's was, like, we, nice. Like we knew there was like this big bank that we like, there was like an old logging road. Mm-hmm. Had, like a, there was like two sets on this bank. We found one and could not find, find it
3: the all. other. Yeah.
1: But That's we just had really bad luck trapping them. But it just like Tom said, we wait pretty late into the season and mm-hmm. makes it tough.
3: But you start too early, and they're not really.
0: Yeah, you're catching them for their fur, so you don't want. Right, they're
3: not prime yet, and they're yeah. not really hungry. They have yeah. they have food. They can find what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. when you get cold out that they're like, oh, "Okay, Anything I'll eat this they can take. old, <laughs> gross carcass." <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: But I like I like when it's still warm. It's more fun that way.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Everything, that's why we like archer season so much better than rifle. Yeah. Part of it, there's a lot of reasons. I yeah, there's know. more than one reason, but, but one that is big, one of them. One of the big reasons is you know you can be hunting and it's sixty degrees outside or fifty degrees sunny
3: in a t-shirt. Pretty
1: yeah. much, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's been yeah certain days I'm in a short sleeve camo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there anything you want to cover before we sign off here? Or, um,
3: I think I'm good. good?
1: Just good, right yeah.
3: Again, you can find me, Brenlinger Taxidermy, on Facebook, and I'm on Etsy, Bees Wildlife Artistry. So. Bees
1: Wildlife Artistry. Mm-hmm. All right. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you coming in and talking to Thank us. Thank you we, for having
3: us. Yeah, long- this
0: episode's been a long time coming. I know. We've been I'm talking sorry. about it for a while. No, it's it's <laughs> yeah. not your fault at all. Yeah.
1: You just, I mean, you, you wanted to make sure everything was.
3: Legit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It takes a while. I, I got my schooling done, I got my uh, taxidermy license, I got my. Sales, tax, all the, all, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Legal but, beagle. Um, um, yeah. oh, I'm legal.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I'm ready. Uh, well, yeah. Again, appreciate it, and hopefully, you know, we'll have some more stuff to take to you this Maybe year. Maybe you'll and, kill yeah. a turkey. Yeah. If I get a turkey. If you don't take your if, if you kill a turkey and you don't take it her this year, you're, do you have you done so? Do, have you only done full body mounts with turkeys? Like have you done you know, a shoulder I mount did, of a turkey?
3: What are the you cool. about? I've seen those
2: before. They do look kind of
1: cool.
3: I did a. It was the fan and the uh, beard and the feet. I okay. did that for a kid, and I know you can do them with the wings as well. He didn't want them on his, but you can do them that way. So there was like a, almost like a plaque mount, but for a turkey.
1: I feel like I just—I'll give you just reasons to practice new things. Like I know, like Frank kind of did that with his uh, with the pack mount. You know, we knew you never did one, but it was like, hey, Charlie's. and I wanted one, so. so I'm like maybe I've always thought it'd be cool to do like a gobbling turkey on a perch. So like maybe mm-hmm. we'll practice with that. There
3: we go. I'm in.
1: I got one more question now that we brought that up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so when you you get the freeze dried heads, mm-hmm. are they movable or like wait, so like if you buy a head, well, <laughs> uh, what I'm getting at is like when you buy a freeze dried head, are you do you have to like specify what it's going to be used for? Like it's going to be full strut versus gobbling? gobbling. Yeah. Okay. That's yep. all I was. They're curious about.
0: Oh, you're asking if she can manipulate the head? Yeah.
1: Like I didn't okay. know if when she gets a head to use it's like she's got like a barrel of them and she can use it for gobbling or gobblers or like a full I, strut yeah, I feel but you. you have to order them specifically, specifically. for the style of the, the okay. Okay. yeah the i, I kind of figured that because freeze-dried i have a snake that's been freeze-dried mm-hmm. and it's you're not, not moving it yeah no i just didn't know if there was <laughs> some. okay that's all i wanted to talk about then <laughs> tom any that one wasn't for the listeners that was for you <laughs> was for <laughs> um tom any last comments before we sign off here No, I think we covered pretty much everything. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, Emma. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. I
3: appreciate it. Sorry it took so long. Oh, yeah. It's all right.
1: Good things take time. Mm -hmm. Um, Thanks to everybody for listening, and uh, tune in next week for episode 115. In the meantime, make sure you guys are all still getting outside.